Welcome back to an exciting 2018 edition. <laughs> Say something interesting. Uh, my name is Margo. My name is Brent. And we just like to take some time out of your week, out of our week, to sit down and continue to digest, continue to dive in and, and tear apart what we talked about on Sundays. If you weren't here on Sundays, we hope that you get something That's funny, right. interesting out of it. Margo, when do you listen to your podcasts? Like for you, what's your system for? My old system was on my commute, but now that I live right. like There's a whopping a <laughs> 12 minutes away, right? Uh, I, like I like to go on walks or if I go to the gym, there's like podcasts are usually pretty solid yeah. opportunity for that. So yeah. Or if I'm doing like a mindless task, I can put a, like if I'm cleaning my house, I'll put a podcast on and, and do something like that. It's easier to do than like try to watch a TV show because there's things you're missing if you're only catching the audio because you're doing something else. Totally. So yeah. I love I love me some podcasts. So for me, it is gym. It is treadmill, elliptical, whatever. And then also on my drive home, which doesn't sound like much, but leaving here, leaving Richland at five o'clock and going through that traffic to get to Pasco, it makes that drive about a half hour drive, which is not fun, but it's perfect podcast time. It's like the perfect, I listen to <laughs> uh, uh, usually like the best of the herd, which is Colin Gowherd sports thing, <clears throat> sports for the day. It's it's great or, or something something like that something a short podcast I can't then do my, like an hour one. The, the bad thing is like when you get stuff. home and if the podcast hasn't ended, I just sit in the driveway. Like my husband yeah. like wants to talk to me. I'm like Shh. like I got a podcast to finish. <laughs> We're so close. <laughs> Need to know my what happens to Maria. My wife's inside with four screaming kids and I'm out in the <laughs> out in the driveway. Everyone thinks he's avoiding that. He's Colin like, no, I got up. a I got a podcast yeah, to finish. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Priorities. Oh, goodness. Well, we are in... Coming at you on a Tuesday. A little yeah. bit different. We uh, we had Monday off yesterday because MLK Day, and uh, I know a lot of people don't get that day off, um, but we also had just finished up uh, our first night, our first round of Eastlake Nights, and so Sundays are now really long days for us, and the, just the prep work for all of that, and we just looked at our team and said, kind of a holiday anyways, sort of a holiday in terms of, I know, federal employees and banks and, and schools and stuff like that, so let's uh, let's enjoy it, so... You had a day off, got a, and your in-laws are in town. I saw him, I met him on Sunday yes. again, and uh, you had an exciting little adventure. Oh, yeah. Well, they they are in the wine business, so uh, typically when they come over, they want to do some wine tasting just to see you know what else is on the market, and then it's always really interesting going with them to a wine tasting. I would imagine, like, I guess I've never gone wine tasting with anyone that's not in the wine business, but I imagine it's a little different because they talk shop. So, where someone else may be talking about the how was the harvest this year in very general terms, like asking how the weather was, they're just like, "Oh, you know, what's your process, and do you stave or do you like toast your oak, and you know how long what's the process what was the, why did you make this decision to use this varietal? This is normally just a a mixing varietal, but you're having it as a primary like just all these things that I've learned and picked up on it's really interesting yeah. um so it's getting harder and harder to find places they haven't checked out. So we went to some that were off the beaten path. Nice. Um, and so we went to Monte Scarletto. We went to Purple Star. Uh, and then we went to Anilare. So if you know the, any of those three, all three. I've been to Anilare before. It's beautiful. So that was the one that the exciting adventure happened at. We're oh, at Anilare. Yeah. And um, it's beautiful. I mean, you have the Horse Seven Hills right behind the winery. And then you can see... You know, it's out in Benton City. Like if you take that exit to go to the Conoco, like the one. It's Conoco, on the other side of the highway as right, most you flip anything else. Right, the other else. side and then up the hill a little bit. 
Yep. But it's it's gorgeous. Um, so we're enjoying it. They want to build a pole house on like a hillside like that. So she was like scouting out like, oh, it's the square footage here. And uh, <laughs> I, what's a pole house? Is that a, a business? Those are, that's what they call that's those? like what Anilari is. is okay. those just like those metal. Are they looking to get on the east side? Because they're west yeah. siders. Oh, yeah. really? Same side as the wine, you know. You gotta... Yeah. Come on over. The <laughs> so, water's warm. It was great. I mean, the wine was fantastic. We had a little picnic and we're scouting out the house. And there's a gravel road that goes up that we saw people horse riding on, which I'm like, oh, horse heaven hills. Of course, people are horse riding. Sure. Um, but it said, so ro- cliche. It said road closed. And I was like, oh, because I've always seen it from the highway, this road that just cuts straight up through that hillside and I've always wanted to drive on it because I'm like, I bet that's beautiful. And so we asked them, she's like, well, it's not really closed. They just put that there because when it snows, they don't plow it or maintain it, but we haven't really had any snow. So we said, hey, let's just go to the top of the ridge, see if we can see over the other side and then turn around. So we did that. It was a nice drive. The road was in great condition, I would say. You're so interesting in that way. You love exploring like that. And I don't care about side roads. Do you know? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm destination guy. Get me to there and that's it. And I want to get there I just quick. think, like, I'm missing out if I don't explore these that's side so roads. That's so funny. I, I just, uh, anyways, I'm well, glad there are also, people like you. You also have children that require, like, constant bathroom breaks and yeah, oc- I mean, occupation Even before I had and... kids, let's not, like, build this thing up like I was this massive explorer <laughs> and then my kids are holding me down. That's never been a part of my life. And it's not like, oh, I can't wait till I'm free you know an empty nester so i can go explore the world it's not my not my shtick that's margo 24 7 yeah so we went up it was beautiful we're coming down and it's kind of like there's some sharp turns so you gotta there's no guardrail so you really have to pay attention and i was looking um i was on the side facing out like down the hillside and i looked down and i saw this black flash of metal and i like and it's a like a steep steep drop and it's just like a gully or something like that, and I said stop the car. I think there's been a crash and they they're laughing at me but like you didn't like I don't see anything at this point like just this the time between me saying that and them like understanding the car was out of sight like it was one of those flash instances if you weren't looking for it you wouldn't see it. Um so they I finally convinced them to stop the car and I'm in like high heels because I went wine tasting like huffing it up this gravel road. <laughs> And they're the whole time they're like, you are seeing things, you didn't see anything. We finally get to the, like that vantage point and they're like, oh my goodness. And this is not like a rusted out car. If it was like an old farm equipment right. or something, I'd be like, all right, someone just left this here to die. This was probably like a 2013 Dodge pickup, like a wow. nice, a nice car that didn't have any dings in it, like looked in good condition. Yeah. So then you start freaking out being like, did this just happen? I didn't see it on the way up, but maybe this is an angle you can only see it on the way down. Yeah. So I'm taking out, because we don't have binoculars, I'm taking out my phone and zooming, like taking a picture and zooming. (laughs) So I see like no airbags have been set off. It doesn't look, if anyone's in the cab, they're laying flat. But even then I'm like, it's, it's a grass hill. Like you could walk up it. It'd be a pain in, pain in the tuchus. Yeah. But if the airbags didn't go off, I'm like, that shouldn't be... Like, I don't see that they would be injured. And then so then we're like CSI, right? <laughs> so we go, we figure out where it went off the side of the road. And it's a 90 degree angle, which tells me something. If you go off the road, normally you're going diagonally yeah, because yeah, you yeah. just go a little to the right, a little to the re- left. And this was like, no, like he would have to position his car. Uh, there's no skid marks in the gravel. So it's not like he slammed on his brakes or anything like that. So the conclusion that we came to, CSI Gregory, yeah. is that it probably was a stolen car or car that sure, was a scene, probably. a wanted in some 
collaboration and they were ditching it, that they just put it, rolled it down the hill. Um, but once again, we don't know. So we called 911. We had service and it is in the cop's hands now. So to be clear, you never walked up to the car. No, I was in heels and like we could have spent the time to climb down there. But then part of me is like, if this is the scene of the crime... I don't want my husband getting his prints and footprints all over that. Like, just like that could hurt an investigation. Yeah. Uh, the fact that air airbags weren't sent off, I'm like, I really doubt that someone is injured. So <laughs> crazy. But, so my my guess is that it was stolen and someone wants. My to question it. is, what are they doing putting a gravel road with a steep side hill and no barriers? Next to a winery, I feel like you're asking. Well, I'm sure for the winery <laughs> put theirs next to the gravel I feel like road. You're asking for trouble. Well, okay, so the winery is just to the left of the road. Like the road okay. goes up and curves to the right, and they're to the left. So mm. you would be hard pressed to hit the winery on accident, but I'm sure anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, I think the uh, the question of is there anybody in there or what's going on? I mean, it's, uh, that would be tough to not for me go down and look but and uh, normally i always have my <laughs> lb and hiking boots in the back of my car and i yeah. just cleaned it out this last week but i don't know it was one of those things where you just think and you deduce and you just yeah. like it came to this point where i am super curious but at the same time like yeah yeah you probably i mean obviously you did the right thing right so speaking of calling the police i just went to the post office to go pick up we have a p.o box for the church exciting times for the tri-cities folks i yeah oh absolutely <laughs> and uh i haven't checked it in a <laughs> couple weeks unfortunately supposed to do it every week but I, I just never get around to it sorry we didn't get your christmas cards so. <laughs> yeah thank you for all those christmas cards from 2016 they were fantastic um uh the pictures of your family so cute so i i was in there and uh i'm, I'm at my uh, at the box thing and i'm walking out and all of a sudden I, I look at the window these glass windows and there's like six cop cars surrounding this one dude and an older guy comes in and asks one of the mail clerks, what's going on out there? So it looks like uh, they caught some. And I know there's been a guy like stealing mail in the Tri-Cities. I don't know if you've heard this, but like he's they're wanting this guy. And I thought, well, maybe this is the guy. She's like, no, it's not him. It's uh, He came up and threatened a mail clerk. And so they- It must have been a pretty aggressive threat if six cop cars well, showed up. Well, you know, have you, have you ever noticed that when you go into a post office, there is a there's always like these little signs like, Hey, these are federal employees threatening a postal worker is no. like a felony. You should see it. It's like they. It's like a is protected that just a, maybe class. Maybe it's an issue. In, no, it's like an endangered animal apparently I've been or in something the city like that. And I've never seen. Oh like, yeah, think... there, look at look for it okay. next time. This is this is why you listen to the Say Something Interesting podcast because okay. you're gonna go up and say and you're gonna see this if you threaten a postal worker. It, it's uh, serviceable up to like I can't remember how many years in prison and money and all this kind of stuff. As if these ones are so, these these workers are so delicate. Listen, <laughs> they are. <laughs> They are an endangered species. There's very few of them left. Um, and I listen. I get it, man. That job has got to be tough. Like the incessant. It'd be never nice ending. to have like the protection because everyone else gets harassed, and all you get is like a slap on the wrist from like the mall security guard. Right. But postal workers, you, they get some. They yeah. get some muscle behind Cops that are there threat. In five minutes, man. You are done for, son. I will say in so. in Pittsburgh, I was in a a rougher area, and I had to mail stuff and that was the closest one so i'm like i could fight traffic or just go into this sketchy post office i went in and it was like uh like those banks that are in like constant lockdown mode where you give them mail but it goes into this like 
glass box uh-huh. that you so you can't reach the postal clerk. Yeah. So you put no. you close your door and then they open their door and reach in and get your package. And yeah. this thing is like sealed and I was like, goodness gracious. True story. We're going off on super tangents here, but Kyla and I did an Allegiant flight back from LA one time. And uh, surprise, surprise, the flight was canceled for mechanical failure. Oh, goodness. And they put us up, they put us up in a hotel after like, we were sitting in the airport for like eight hours or something like that. And they're finally, all right, well, we can't get it until the morning. So we're going to put you up in this hotel. The hotel was in ghetto. Like, as Elvis Presley would say, oh my gosh, we went to go check into our room and it had those bars. They gave us our TV remote through. Like one of those slider like things. Like safe pass things. <laughs> <laughs> like I was making a deposit at a bank and I was getting my Sony remote to go watch the TV. And we were like, this is a different world, man. This is, it was crazy. Did and you we appreciate. We, uh, yeah, it did, it, made, it did make you appreciate. Um, <laughs> so anyways, all that to say, we um, started a we new series Jesus. on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, I started a new series called Beginnings, um, and it was this was part one. You guys know that we started part zero last week and talked about baptism, but this was like the real, like going into this uh, idea of- Last week was the introduction. This is chapter yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, an idea that uh, every once in a while you get fresh starts in life and in relationships sometimes and maybe in finances or- Per what we've been talking about this morning, criminal activity and, and life and, and freedom or whatever, um, to be able to do things differently. And how do you make the most of those fresh starts? And uh, what kind of what kind of uh, biblical insights do we have for people who took advantage of fresh starts? And what what is you know what kind of role does the spiritual life have to play in, in any of that? We looked at a couple of um, stories of of biblical characters who had had fresh starts and and made the most of them and and. Is there uh, any life hacks to. for my fresh start? Right? Life hacks yeah. are the big thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. I want to do this more effectively, yeah. spending less money, less time, less effort. Uh, Mark, I might steal success. that for Sunday. Because that, that, where, where were you on Saturday night as I was going over my nose? <laughs> life from, hacks. No, that's it. Covering from wine tasting. Arts. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> Calling the cops and exploring. Um, yeah, absolutely. And here's what's kind of funny. So um, I did first service at 930 and in between services, I always, we always have these meetings that are like, here's what you could do to make it better, et cetera, et cetera. And I, re- and I realized, I don't remember if somebody brought it up. I don't know if Megan said it or if I just said it out loud. I was like, oh, the same could be said for Joseph when I was talking about David. I was talking about how David uh, had the brothers and was not really liked from the brothers. Big family. And, He's and a little guy. Big family. Campus. Rent of the family. Gets chosen to be, you know, the king and Imagine the family dynamics in a situation like that, right? It's, we don't have to think. You already that don't hard. like get along with your siblings, right? Now. When when they call the family together, they forget to tell David because he's out in the field working. I mean, come on, you, somebody famous comes to your house and you don't get the message, so you upset. don't get the memo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How long has Samuel been here, guys? Why did you not tell me about you know all that kind of stuff? Anyways, I remember saying to myself, "Oh, that's kind of like Joseph's story." And then when I was retelling Joseph's story. I begin to input, or sorry, when you I just was, did it, I just did it again. <laughs> when I was telling David's story, I included facts about Joseph's, Joseph's story, and in my mind, I'm up there going, "That's not right," because in my notes, all I had was, you know, Moses, David, and Paul, and I can, I can kind of 
get my way through all of those ones for the what I was trying. I mean, it was really small. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like a verse by verse structure thing. It was just real quick. Here's some acts of their life, and then and some fresh beginnings that they took a full advantage of. Well, it just shows that God likes the down and out guy. God likes the underdog and yeah, likes yeah. to elevate them and so use I'm, them. I'm standing up there. Have you ever been standing up talking about something and going, I don't think that's right, <laughs> but I don't want to stop. I'm too late now. I'm too late now. I'm too far in. Just keep pushing Maybe through. Maybe they'll be like, hmm. yeah, like every time my mic dies. I never knew that about <laughs> David. Oh, so anyways, I I very much corrected that for our third service, which we just started, Eastlake Nights. Our first like official launch service was um, Sunday night. And I got to tell you this, my third time through a message is by far the my best version of it. Like it is if you've ever shown up at Eastlake and been like that could use some more polishing. You should <laughs> check got out the nights. service for you. I think I only looked at my notes like once or twice. I mean, I felt like it was uh, a lot internalized. Free- yeah, and- like free flowing a little bit. And I was, I was worried at how I would feel physically after um, you go into something and then you kind of do it. And if you're not in the business of public speaking. <clears throat> Then sometimes I don't know. I mean, it's always everybody's know, scared to public speak. I know I'm like I feel okay going up to it, but afterwards I'm tired. Yeah, exhausted. Like, more so than the right. Sundays that I don't speak. Yeah, like there's just something because there's like you're focusing on like remembering things, on presenting it, on being engaging, on all these things, on all the feedback you get. Like your your brain is multitasking to the max. Multitasking, and and you're doing it twice I have been doing it twice and so you're like in, in your in your mind you're thinking okay stick to the notes because I can't remember if I've already said that this service or was that last service mm-hmm. did I already make that point am I am I making sense etc cetera, etc cetera. anyways all of that stuff I was I was worried that then taking a few hour break and then coming back it would be you know how, how would you feel after Sunday are you just ready to collapse on Sunday See, evenings any or whatever skill that I learned if I take a break it usually is better afterwards like if I'm trying to learn a song and I'm not getting it on piano or whatever and I take a break and come back to it. Yeah. Usually my brain, my body, my mechanics are like, thank you. Like I just needed some space and it works a lot better. Yeah. It did not feel like work. It felt like, oh, I have something to say and I know what's, I know what points are strong and resonate and I know what points are probably a little bit weak and I can fly through them or, or skip them all together. One of the two, depending on if they're, I feel like they're necessary for the timeline. But um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was great. And uh, it's kind of a cool different vibe. I think our, our evening service, we're trying, we're still trying to figure it out. We're still doing some minor tweaks and changes, but um, there's uh, fire pits, <clears throat> there's free food. Yeah. I've really, I've smelled like a campfire the last two Sundays oh, coming home <laughs> and uh, immediately have to wash those clothes. I just See, can't my, let my scarf had just stopped smelling of, of campfire like the yeah, day and before. You it again. And I was like, no, see, I'm happy about it. Oh yeah. I was getting oh, bummed. Yeah. I was like, but I get to re and no rain this week. It rained last Sunday, and yeah. we still sat outside under you know by the campfires. And then this one is is uh, was a lot was a lot better, and uh, they had like an arcade tournament and grilled cheese sandwiches in the lobby. And it's been a while since I've had a grilled cheese, so it was it was awesome. Unlike Gary Lau. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, anything specifically stand out in the message for you that you felt like uh, was interesting or I wish we would have gone further in this or a point? Uh... Uh, when you're talking about the verse um, that you closed up the series with, the God works all things together. Yeah, Romans 8, 28. Mm-hmm. Who love him or something like that. I, all I can think of is like you're, you're talking about how like life is broken and when people decide to be in relationship with God, God's like, awesome. I can actually use 
where things have gone wrong yeah. to, to build something better. It's a message of you cannot outrun my grace or my reach or my sovereignty. Yeah. Not a message of if you love me, I'll do great things for you, like a cosmic vending machine. One of the most uh, memorable messages um, that I've ever done, and I, I say that not for me. I say that because this one gets talked about. Like I hear people say, I remember when you preach this. Uh, we did a series called uh, Dumb Things Smart Christians Believe, and one of the things was um, that everything happens for a reason. And we talked about this verse, and uh, I remember because that week I had done a funeral for a child who had died, and that was my, one of my first funeral. I think it might have been my first one ever, which is the tough one to jump into, side note. Uh, but then also provided me with a great kind of um, personal connection personal too. connection to be able to stand up in front of these people and be like, if you expect me to look these parents, young parents in the eye and tell them everything happens for a reason, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't I know what to do with that. I deserve the slap that they would yeah, want to give me. I, uh, that would not be something that they need to hear, want to hear, nothing. But if I could stand up in front of them and say that um, – God can use even this, or this is not, uh, like, God still, as, as much as this speaks to, a, like, it feels like it speaks to a God who either doesn't exist, doesn't isn't care. powerful, doesn't care. It is not outside of his sovereignty to um, to use even this uh, and and make something, not not make something good out of this, but, like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't... This is not the end of the road. This is not a dead end. disqualify God from his sovereignty over this. Yeah. He's still... He's still sovereign over this um, and in spite of this. And so that's more of the message um, that is just such a powerful life verse. for. And, and I don't know that you fully appreciate it until you are experiencing tragedy and loss. Um, it feels like, a yeah, that makes really good sense. Or, oh, good, yeah, I can appreciate God's sovereignty when, you know, life's great and the worst thing that happened to you is that uh, – somebody stealing your mail or something like that. Um, if that's the worst thing ever, then this verse doesn't resonate. But for, for those of you listening or who have gone through significant uh, pain, then um, what you don't want to hear is everything happens for a reason. What is at some level comforting and not like comforting like, oh, now I feel better, but like a reassurance of that God still deserves my trust, um, that God's sovereignty is not eliminated or excused by circumstances in life that we go through and the unav- and a lot of times the unavoidable pain of life. So so a weird connection that I was making to it was this idea of um like raw like the raw materials of life. Like God has the power to take our circumstances, our where we are emotionally and all that stuff to build something, to to create something new. And how much easier is it to use materials that are pristine and in great shape and so like it's easy to think when life's going good like oh like god has plans for me and god's gonna you know use me because i'm you know my bank account's looking good like i feel like pretty healthy like emotionally like i can give a lot to people and then when things get messy and when like life chews you up and you feel like oh man like these are some rough raw materials and i remember (laughs) when i was in saint croix uh, i got assigned to build shelves for their thrift store which in my in my head I'm like great I'll go to Home Depot and get some two by fours and uh, you know get a nice saw and so they showed me the saw this thing I had to use more 
grease and like things that probably shouldn't be used on a saw to get it moving. Oh, and I was like, oh, this is probably not safe and very dull and rusty. And then they're like, okay, and the lumber's over here. And it was just this pile of the old shelving that had collapsed. So it was like half rotted and there were still like nails all through it and in it. And so like as you're sawing through these pieces of wood, you're just praying you got all the nails because like it would like make the saw go haywire. Oh yeah, catching. But I remember like how frustrating that process was. And actually that was the verse that came to my mind. Like when I think like we all we all trust God when things are going good, that he can use the materials. But when the materials are imperfect and flawed and broken, we think like, good luck building something out of this mess. And that's how I felt approaching those shelves. And yeah. I mean, they just went through that hurricane and I saw a picture. My shelves are still standing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but, what's what's interesting is um, you look at like a chip and joint of games. You look at like master craftsmen mm-hmm. who take old things and redeem them and make beautiful things out of them. And it speaks to what? Not the quality of the materials, but the quality of the craftsmen in those things. You look at that and be like, I don't know how you did that. And Mine was purely grace of God, not right. my skill. Nobody says that when I buy an Ikea yeah. shelf Pre-made, yeah. that has a black and white directions with like stupid little characters and step one, step two, step 12. They're not like so impressed that you put together this shelf. But for somebody to take old something, that's something that's broken use their skills to be able to make it new. That speaks to the the value of or the um greatness of the creator of that mm-hmm. of that item rather than you know cool cool job on the tools. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and when people um when people come and say, "Well, I I would like to start giving myself away through serving internally in the church or out exterior, you know, exterior or whatever, but um but I've got a, a few things I got to take care of myself to be able to do that." Um I get it. I understand like I understand that, but sometimes that's an excuse that I want to push back and be like, I don't know, man. I, I think, I, I don't think you need, don't wait until you're ready to start serving because when are you going to be ready to do that? It's like getting perhaps, in shape to go to the gym. Yeah, perhaps part of giving yourself away, even when you're not perfect, is part of the healing growth process for you, you know? So I always, I always encourage people to to volunteer for that reason. They're saying there's just like, my life's really broken. There's like a lot. I'm, you know, like my fan, my finances are tough. This is tough. This is tough. And I was like, well, what you do have t- is time. Like you may not have the bank account that you want or the job that you want or the family relations you want, but like, what can I do? Because there's nothing worse than feeling helpless. Like I have no power to change the mess that I'm in, mm-hmm. but you do have power to help someone else out or yeah. to encourage someone else out. It is interesting though, too, because a lot of people's excuses is the one thing that you just said you have. Most a lot of people go. I just don't have any time right now, and uh, my response usually, at least in my mind, if not in my, and it should be in my mouth more, but it's not because um, I'm non-confrontational. But um, <laughs> it'd be like, hey, uh, like we everybody's busy. I don't know anybody that's walking around going, I just I have nothing to do with my time. You know what I mean? And very very John, few. We people. have John Inman. He's the chair of our board and other boards in the Tri Cities, and he has over three hundred employees under him. And yeah, you know, he has some family dynamics at home that definitely require some time and some care and attention. And he still will go out and volunteer and and give himself away. And I yeah. mean, don't don't tell me that you don't. If anyone have time, should be short take, on time. Take what you have and <laughs> yeah. and do it. And, and you know, I only I can only do this. Great, then do that. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised at how much 
probably A, you enjoy it, and then B, how much time opens up to be able to do more of it because it's become a priority for you. So anyways, this has turned into a um, <laughs> pro wear love podcast, but that, whoop, whoop. that's true. That's true for our church. All right, we do need to jump into our interesting things of the week for us. Um, you've done some research, I see. You came prepared today. She's got like a notepad with some things. <laughs> I think she she fears, you know, we and we both fear this, like saying something that is interesting, and then we just, it's not true. And we look and somebody gets calls us on it later, and we're like, oh, well, that's probably not not good. We want to be as as valid as possible. So anyways. We do the work for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first, and then I'll follow sure. up? Sure. So I love me some This American Life, and one of the podcasts I had listened to from them back in my days of driving back and forth to the West Side uh, was about this girl named Sarah York, which I think... I, it was like, I say it's before my time. I was like a couple months old. So before my time of awareness, uh, she was a girl who was watching TV and her father collected funky hats. And it was like 2020 or someone was doing an interview with the leader of Panama at that time, which was Manuel Noriega, who was like this infamous baddie. You've talked about this one, I think. And she and she sent him a letter. Yes. Okay. And so they brought him over or whatever. That was crazy. That yeah. she became pen pals yeah. with this infamous Dictator. person, yeah. and then like visited, and then like the country kind of turned on her, being like, "You're an American, but this is the enemy of America, and how can you enjoy hanging out with him?" But I'm like, you know, even evil dictators are people too. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So I was just looking to see where she is nowadays, and she's like living in Wisconsin on a self-sufficient farm and also a guitarist in a band called the Wild Goose Chase Cloggers, which I'm like, that sounds like a Wisconsin band if there ever was one. (laughs) But it linked me to a see also Sarah Smith. So I'm like, okay. Or no, Samantha Smith. So I clicked on the Samantha Smith, and apparently Sarah York was not the first to write to infamous dictators uh, a couple years previously. This girl from Maine, in these towns that I know, Holton, Maine, which is on the Canadian border, her birthday's the day after mine. Uh, but she wrote to the new leader of the USSR at the time, which was Yuri Andropov, something like that. Okay. Uh, and asked pretty much, why do the US and the Soviets not get along? Like, there's all this tension with the USSR. Like, explain it for a child. Like, why Why is there this, this hate and this distrust going on? And he wrote her back this big, long letter and just like Manuel Noriega invited her to come to the to the Soviet Union in the summer and to check it out. And she did this and then she she was better received, a little less criticized uh, than Sarah York. Uh, came home, you know, the town was celebrating her in in this summer camp girls summer camp that she went to in Russia and they named a, a street after her, like Samantha Smith Way. Uh, she became a peace ambassador. She went to Japan and then she came up with this policy that she really tried to convince people in the UN to do, which was to exchange grandchildren for two weeks every year. Being like, all right, if you have someone like if you're like a grand- foreign exchange student, program? yes, but if your grandchild is in a country that you don't particularly love politically, you're less. She said outright, you're less likely to bomb them if you think like my grandchild's there. Oh, and then when you have their grandchildren, you realize like there's real people at the end of oh, your decisions. So like that was that's actually like a pretty. Ingenious policy. I don't know like how much people would want to do it, but it. So it, why your grandchildren, not your children? <laughs> I don't. She just said grandchildren. So. <laughs> I think because maybe like the leaders are in the more grandchildren bracket than like the younger leaders that just have. I just. So I'm trying to think through 
sending I mean, my this grandchild is like a to North Korea right now. Making. Yeah, okay, I get it. I mean, I get it. I'm like, I'm just trying to be like. North Korea wasn't as bad in those days as it is now. Sure, sure. But so she's talking about like places like Russia and other places that had, you know, these decisions. So I'm like, this is fascinating. He comes back and he's a hacker. She wrote a book. She was in a Disney television series of her own making, like was really going places in terms of like she wanted to be a policymaker and change the world. And she actually died at the age of 13 in an airplane crash. Sounds shady. Exactly, which is what the Russians, the Russians were convinced that like it was an American conspiracy. Oh, I was thinking the opposite. <laughs> I was like, she, she knows too much. <laughs> we must do something but about I'm like, her. This is, this is real life. Like, this is fascinating. And mm. it's just like, it's tragic because you wonder like what she would like. I feel like a slacker because I look at like what I've been able to accomplish in my way more than 13 years of life. Sure. And, like, what I was interested at at 10, 11, 12, 13, like, nothing close to uh, making peace across the world. But Samantha Samantha Smith, there very you interesting. Go. I need to read her book, apparently. Like, it's probably going on my list. Do it. Get back to us on the Goodreads. Tell us how the uh, – give us a rating. <laughs> um, okay, so mine was – I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch any football this weekend? I know you had Family Town. And I, I, you you know, know, we don't have cable. I tried to uh, find – your beloved Patriots played, oh. and they won, and they well, crushed. It was like the that was like the only non good game. The first quarter was like a good close one, then it went crazy. But three, okay, so here's here's I'll just lay it out. For the you. other game sounded awesome. Three out of four games were amazing, and and just really good football, close and exciting, must watch. And for the last two Sunday afternoons, the last two Sunday afternoons have had. Both games come down to the wire, which has been really difficult for me because with this new evening service option, I am expected to be here at 5 p.m. Our service is at 6. So uh, our, the games start at 1.30, and about 4.15 rolls around, and there's only like a couple minutes left in a football game, and I'm like, oh, good, I'll be fine. And then like reviews and timeouts and, and commercials, and oh, my gosh, they stretch out for Yeah, the last five ever. minutes of football is like an hour. <laughs> so I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at my watch and, and my phone and looking at the time, and I'm like, I need to leave. But this it was the, the Saints versus the Vikings, and crazy game. I really don't have a dog in the fight. Seahawks are out, right? But Minnesota is hosting the Super Bowl this year, the, the new stadium, and the host site has never had a home team play in a Super Bowl ever. And so I think that that would be cool um, for them. It's a and crazy I, advantage, I've got a couple though. of. It can be. They were talking about how most tickets go to corporate sponsors and are so expensive it floods the market that people come because of the show of the. So yes and no. I mean, there will definitely be more Minnesota fans there than uh, than usual. Probably like if they had gone and played in New Orleans or something like that. Um, but it's not as much of a home field advantage as you probably one might think. Anyways. Um, this game gets close, and I'm dying because it's it's been entertaining to watch. And I, I look at my clock, and I, I'm I'm like texting Brett. I'm, I'm like I'm gonna be a few minutes late. I just I gotta finish this game. So New Orleans comes down with 24 seconds left, and mar- it marches down the field with like a couple of timeouts, and I guess they had a minute and something left, and then they marched down the field, kicked a field goal with 24 seconds left, and I turned my tv no off. i went downstairs and kylie said how, how did out. the game go and i said ah it went it was a great game new orleans won i was hoping for minnesota i get in my car to head here i turn on the radio 
because I'm like, I should listen to the post-game stuff and hear some other scores, some basketball scores for the day. And they said over the radio, best NFL playoff finish ever. And I was like... That's an exaggeration. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, guys, let's use a little bit of levity here. Like, I mean, Drew Brees marched down the field. Yes, pretty impressive, but he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. So kind of what you expect if you give a guy like that a minute and a half, he's going to do that, right? Not, we've seen... Way more. The Green Bay versus uh, Seattle game a few years ago was way better finished than that. So then they said Minnesota pulls it out late t- t- uh, touchdown, and I was like freaking out. In my, I, I mean, <laughs> if you were driving next to me, it must have been hilarious because like, I was road rage at screaming that. <laughs> as if I have been a lifelong Minnesota fan, which is not true. But just like oh, I cannot believe I missed it. So angry. So, so mad. So, Darn I get you, Brett Baker. Here, here, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all of that is just, that's not interesting to you. That's not something interesting. However, what is interesting is this that they scored that touchdown as time expired. There was literally zero seconds on the clock. But, and so everybody cheered. The team rushed into the tunnel, did all their thing. The Saints began to leave the field. They made them come back out onto the field to kick the extra point. Now, here's the thing. The Saints were up by five at that point. This would have made it six. Even if they would have blocked the extra point and ran it back on the other side, that's not a touchdown. It's still only worth one point. It's an extra point attempt. And if they blocked it somehow and and like this miracle reverse. So there's literally no way for them to win. But by rules, they had to come back out of the locker room to watch Minnesota eventually decide to, to take a knee and not kick the extra point and settle for a five-point win. That is a rule. They make they force them to come out and do that, and they did that in Green Bay a few years ago. I forgot about that, but when we won on the fail Mary thing, they made them come back out of the locker room for a meaningless extra point. And uh, so everybody is talking in like some of the uh, radio podcast worlds or, or um, sports worlds, like, why are we doing this? This is a dumb rule. Don't do this. And here's here's my something interesting. In Vegas, this is why this is why watching a game in Vegas is so fun because whether or not the game is close or not, there's always different point spreads. The point spread for that game was either five or five and a half, depending on where you got your ticket. Which means it's important that that last point was a swing of probably multi millions of dollars on the line. Most people bet favorites, so they're anticipating that sports books lost millions of dollars for them not kicking that extra point because probably a majority of people had Minnesota um, covering their five-point spread or five-and-a-half-point spread. So if you were a New Orleans ticket holder at plus five-and-a-half... Maybe it sweetened the loss a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Opposite. If okay. you love New Orleans, okay. bought a ticket for five, plus five-and-a-half points... And score and kick that field goal. In your mind, you're thinking, not a problem. This is fantastic. Then they get this touchdown. They lose by five. Oh yes, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but then yeah. they don't kick the, the yes, point. So yes, yes, bittersweet moment. Still lost. My you know my team lost, but I I I didn't lose this. It was, I mean just crazy, crazy, crazy finish. 
um, on both sides of things. Uh, one of the most exciting finishes in sports with a, a unique you had rule it on TBR, ending. We're plus sorry. it had a Vegas <laughs> factor into it. It was just an all-around exciting game. So I can't wait for football this weekend. I can't wait for the Jags to uh, beat up on the Patriots, and uh, it's going to be great. So, oh, my goodness. That'll do it for this episode of Say Something Interesting. We're so thankful that you stuck it out with us all 40 minutes of this nonsense. We give you extra because we give you a week Bonus. off. Bonus. Yeah, yeah, we give you a week off, and we're a day late getting into it. So um, you can find us on the socials at I'm at uh, Brent Johnson. Margo is at Adventures in Caffeine. And you'll have to probably look up how to spell caffeine, but you'll get there. We'll get there. And uh, we'd love to have you back next week for another episode of Say Something Interesting or have you join us for part two of beginning series this Sunday morning and evening at Eastlakes uh, at 9.30, 11, or 6 p.m. So you guys have a great week. 